Hey there, podcast listener. Steven here from the podcast you're currently listening to. You ever heard a podcast and think, I can do that? Well, maybe you can, or maybe you can't, or maybe I can help you get started with it. Hosting is the most expensive cost you'll have in a podcast, and that's why Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast. Really, they have everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. With Anchor's hosting, you can distribute your podcast to other listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a whole lot more. And if you think you can do a better job than I, record a podcast right now. There's very low risk involved. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Number 88, Back to Basics. Uh, I'm your host, Steve. And uh, so before we begin, I want to take a couple minutes to kind of kind of fill you in on what's going on with the site and the podcast and stuff. Uh, normally what we try to do is, is, or at least I try to do, is in October, our anniversary month, which we're closing in on the second anniversary of the Lazy Geeks podcast, um, we try to go ahead and start off new things and all of that well well the problem with that is that all of it and most of you know by now that this isn't our job <laughs> as much as we'd like it to be it can't be uh so we all have jobs outside of this most of them dealing with the public sector so it it really kind of sucks when you have things you want to do but then you start getting into the holidays where things get more hectic and you can't stay on top of it so a decision was made that any new kind of content or things that we're going to try out, we're going to probably start doing around the first of the year because things slow down, everything kind of calms down, and then you can kind of get your bearings and test everything out. So with that, um, any new content, I mean, we have a couple of ideas planned for uh, the site and mostly in the podcast area. So most of that's going to be held off until January of 2013. So there'll be some cool stuff that we'll try to do and, and uh, you know, we have a couple of different ideas for podcasts. And then we're also going to kind of re rechristen this, um, this RSS feed to, in essence, turn it into the Lazy Geeks brand, like the Lazy Geeks channel. Because for me, it kind of becomes a little annoying when you have... Uh, you know, channel. Let's say you have a particular site, and then you want to see, you want to listen to all these podcasts, but you have to subscribe to all these different channels to get it. For me, it's kind of one of those things where I like to have everything in one spot. So for now, plus it's cheaper. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest, it's cheaper. Uh, so we're gonna 
try to go ahead and do the podcasts under one RSS feed. So this will kind of, in the new year, be kind of rechristened the Lazy Geeks channel. There you get the Lazy Geeks podcast, the original. Then you'll also get the Crash Test Movie Dummies. And then some other podcasts that we're kind of going to experiment with in the coming year. So, you know, that may feature, you know, more of like Kyle or Patrick or John or, or somebody else. So we'll kind of see how that turns out. So we're kind of looking into different things and seeing where that goes. Now, with this podcast, to be things haven't kind of gone the way we hoped they would. The reason that we haven't had the original Lazy Geeks podcast is because Adam technically is unable to uh, to do it uh, for technical reasons, not because we're having a fallout or anything like that. Uh, he just doesn't have the technology to do it at this point, plus him living in Arizona and me living in California. So I've been kind of hesitant to move forward with the Lazy Geeks because it's always been kind of our thing. But at this particular point, I don't know when he'll return. There, there was the original hope that he would be back by the end of this month, but I'm not sure if and when that will happen. So at this particular point, I'm going to um, streamline the Lazy Geeks podcast back. And on occasion, I will have other people joining me uh, next week or the ne every two weeks, we're going to release a Lazy Geeks podcast. And in the next week or the next time, uh, two weeks from now, we're gonna we will have just gotten back from uh, Long Beach Comic Con, Long Beach Comic and Horror Con, where we will be in attendance uh, for Saturday, November third, and uh, we're gonna be there. But we're gonna do a podcast afterwards to kind of talk about what we saw, everything like that, as well as give news of the week, news of the past two weeks and some hot picks, things like that. So we're going to maintain the integrity of the original one, even if it's, whether it's by myself or with other group, with other members. So that's kind of everything that's going on. Um, I'm kind of, Like I said, the reason it's called Back to Basics is because I'm kind of jumping back to, even if it's just me, with the podcast and just kind of dealing with you know, the, the news and the stuff that most people came into, came to listen to. So with that, I think it's time to jump into some news. So in movie news this week, uh, yeah, there was, there has always been hope that Brian Singer would come back and make a third film that he owes us. Uh, now when I say owes us, I mean, make us forget the travesty that was X-Men Last Stand. When I, when I heard he was involved in the prequel, First Class, I was a bit psyched that he could bring back the luster that Ratner had left us with. Even though Matthew Vaughn had given us a good movie, there was still a part of me that was hoping Singer would return and give us his world of mutants. Now, I think it could actually happen. It seems that Vaughn has decided to leave the film as director, but will remain on board as producer. Who is on Fox's short list? Singer. According to Deadline, Singer is planning to come on board as producer for the second time with Vaughn directing. Now, if Singer takes on directing duties, that could give us the spectacle, a great chance of being the great third X-Men film we were hoping for. After X2, we were hoping for some brilliant last chapter. Instead, we got Last Stand. This isn't the first sequel that Vaughn decided to walk away from directing. Remember Kick-Ass? 
Yeah, it's beginning to look apparent that he isn't too fond of sequels. However, after Peter Jackson's relationship with Warner Brothers went south, he was set to return to The Hobbit as producer. Eventually, Guillermo del Toro backed out and Jackson stepped in to take over. Maybe the same thing is happening here. I, I, don't get me wrong. I like Matt Vaughn. I thought he was a great director. I thought he gave the X-Men franchise a really, really great uh, new life in the series. But all in all, I I do want Singer back. I'm, I'm one of those guys that really likes what he did with the first film and loved what he did with the second one. So I kind of think the whole Superman Returns thing was a bit of a misstep on both parts. Um, Fox's decision to continue on without it, without Singer, kind of like as a we'll show you kind of thing. And not waiting for Singer to come back, but Singer fielding Superman because, you know, and, and I understand as a director, you know, Superman is kind of one of the pinnacles, you know, being a Superman director, but who knows? It, it, to me, it just seems like the perfect opportunity to to give us that that last chapter of a film series that, that we, we kind of deserve now. And you, because of you stepping out, we got stuck with Brett Ratner, and I really, truly think you deserve. We deserve something. We deserve something for coming for sticking with you this long. So, uh, in television news, this is a this is a little weird. When Kevin Pereira left G Four back in the end of May, many people began to wonder just how long the show Attack of the Show would go on without him. Apparently, it wouldn't last very long. G Four has decided to. Um, decided earlier this year to start changing their format to a more modern male demographic, which many considered a metro male slant, and the fates of their only two shows came into question. So, this last week, G4 announced that they would be canceling both Attack of the Show and X-Play at the end of the year. That means people will have to suffer through 24-7 reruns of Cheaters and Cops. This isn't the first change for the channel. They used to be tech TV back in the day, and they seem to want to get away from the gamer geek culture. Well, I can agree that it's time to get away from the gamer geek culture. I think it's a mistake to get away from the from that culture in general. What they need to do is embrace the culture as a whole and make sure that they add various forms of geek culture with the likes of comics, movies, technology, as well as gaming. Of course, I don't have a master's degree to screw up a channel, so what do I know? In a statement via Deadline, both ATOS and X-Play will continue airing new shows until their finales at the end of the year. Quote, Attack of the Show and X-Play have been important for G4, and we want to acknowledge the creative people who have helped inspire and showcase the phenomenon of gamer culture. End quote, G4 General Manager uh, Madam Stotsky said, with, quote, with more than 3,000 episodes aired between them, we have more than enough great material to honor these innovators and their amazing contributors as as we bring both shows to a close, end quote. Um, AOTS host Candace Bailey and Sarah Underwood, as well as X-Plays hosts Morgan Webb and Blair Herter, will be joined by a rotating lineup of, of rotating co-hosts for the remainder of the year. While I'm a bit bummed that the show is coming to an end, I would have to say that since DirecTV removed the channel from my lineup, I haven't missed it all that much. I'm kind of wait to kind of curious to see what's going to happen to G4 now, because while I understand Attack of the Show did kind of touch on all the geek cultures, I think 
what they kind of need to do is expand into all sorts of geek culture, not just that programming, because really they only had two shows. The rest of the 24-hour slot was Cheaters, uh, Cops, and then movies that don't suck for various reasons. So we'll kind of see what happens, and you know, I'm, I'm kind of kind of curious to see what uh, Comcast and all of them have set for everybody later in 2013. Ah, uh, need to take a drink there. So, going into uh, comic news, um, Marvel this last week and going into this week are ending, as in October, just to recap, uh, Marvel is ending a lot of their long-running comics and starting the whole Marvel Now. Basically, the repercussions of what happened after Avengers vs. X-Men. In essence, bringing the X-Men into the world of Marvel. Uh, they've always kind of been separate from each other, with the exception of like Wolverine has always kind of crossed over into the mainstream when he was part of the Avengers. Uh, so, it, it is kind of seems to be Marvel's attempt to kind of bring mutants back into the fold and, and stop doing that whole mutant universe, everybody else. Uh, so, this last week and this coming week, we saw the end of Captain America, Invincible Iron Man, and FF. This coming week, we're going to see the end of Thor, Journey into Mystery, uh, excuse me, as well as uh, X-Men Legacy and New Mutants. And uh, DC had canceled five shows, five titles already. So, with... Uh, at at the at the New York Comic Con this last uh this couple weeks ago they got confirmation that five titles were getting booted from um come the end of the year in January fans get their final issue of Frankenstein, Agent of Shade, Blue Beetle, Grifter and Legion Lost while GI Combat gets their final issue in December. All of these were part of the onslaught that was known as the original New 52s back in 2011. Of course, DC has stated before that they will have 52 existing titles every month. So that means that there will be something to take each and every one of their places. We already know that Ken Griffin's new series, Threshold, will be debuting in January. Jeff Johns' new Justice League of America will be another one. Oh, and then there's Scott Snyder's uh, Man of Steel. So, because God knows we need more Superman books. But to be honest, I'm only surprised that these titles weren't canceled sooner. But I guess the numbers couldn't hold up. So, as we get into the end of the year, we're going to get a lot more of those. As well as Marvel ending and rebooting and restart numbering some of their new comic books. Uh, so far right now, all we've got is Uncanny Avengers. Uh, if you have my pick of the list last week was the final issue of Captain America by Ed... Um, Ed Brubaker, really, really classy episode, um, uh, standalone, uh, issue 18 ended that whole, ended that whole ongoing storyline, and this really seemed to be more Brubaker's ode to the character, to the fans, saying, hey, you know what, this goes beyond me, and in that story, it really kind of felt to be his uh, love letter to the character and to the fans for sticking with him. And you know what? To be honest, can't ask for anything better than that. All right. So in gaming news, Assassin's Creed. Well, what has always been kind of a bummer lately is that nearly every story that comes 
that um, that comes around that's involved that involves the Wii U is usually bad news. Well, not this time. If you were one of those people that were willing to hold out for a couple of weeks to get the new Assassin's Creed game on the Wii U, you won't be disappointed with the gameplay according to the creative director. Alex Hutchinson told Gamers Industry International via GameSpot that there will be no difference when you when you purchase the game on the Xbox 360, PlayStation 3, PC, or the Wii U. Now, I know, I'm shocked too. Quote, it is exactly the same game that's on the other platforms, Hutchinson said. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but it has been a long time since I've shipped a game on more than three platforms where you could say that it's all the same. And it's not that I'm some radically diminished vision, it's, so it's exciting. Uh, end quote. It will be interesting to see if the game actually uses some of the special features that come with Nintendo's Wii U. So will it act like a ported version of the other consoles? Now, the game comes out on October 30th on the Xbox and the PS3. PC users will be able to get, um, get the game on November 2nd. Wii U holdouts will have to wait until November 18th for the launch um, date as it is a launch title. Uh, so I'm guess, uh, I guess the question is going to be simple. Who is going to get it for that system, for what system, and who is holding out for the Wii U version? Personally, um, I'm probably not going to hold out for the Wii U version. I already kind of have... I, I am one of those people that is still kind of unimpressed with the Wii U, so I'm not exactly sure if I'm going to actually get the Wii U. Plus the fact that I've played it consistently on the other games on the PS3, so I think I'm just going to get the PS3, especially with the Sony exclusive that's coming out. I think uh, I think I'm going to stick with that. Sorry, Nintendo, but I think you're going to have to impress me a little bit more with that Wii U. All right, and in tech news, so. Apple decided to finally unveil the iPad Mini, which, like other products they announced, which came with no big surprise to anyone in attendance of the event. Now, Apple's Phil Schiller claims that this isn't just a shrunken down iPad. It's an entirely new design. That is true. It seems to be, it, it seems as if Apple made a 7.9 inch iPad shell used the technology of the iPad 2 and gave it the operating capacity of an iPad of an iPod Touch. Yes, I know it's a little more than that, but that seems to be the essence of the new iPad Mini. The new Apple device has a 12 20, uh, 1024 by 768 resolution and like the resolution of the iPad 2, but doesn't come along with a retina display, which could make some people think twice about getting one. However, that would require Apple lovers to think before buying anything that Apple releases, so we know that won't happen. Uh, they have in encased the device in an all-new 7.2 millimeter thick aluminum shell, which makes it 53% lighter and 23% thinner than the fourth generation iPad. And it comes with a dual-core Apple A5 processor, optional LTE, a 5-megapixel iSight camera, um, 802.11N Wi-Fi, and the Lightning connector, and it claims a 10-hour battery life. You will be able to get the iPad Mini Wi-Fi model in three storage capacities starting November 2nd for $329 uh, for the 16-gig, $429 for the 32-gig, and $529 for the 64-gig. 
two weeks later, before uh, before Thanksgiving holiday, you can get the Wi-Fi plus 4G model for 459 for the 16, 559 for the 32, and 659 for the 64. Now for the mini, that makes it $30 higher than the Kindle uh, Amazon Kindle Fire, but will undoubtedly take some of the strength from the Kindle and the Nook. So, um, I'm not sure. I'm still one of those guys that's not completely convinced that you need a tablet. Uh, I, I can't see myself, you know, grabbing one and needing to be, um, needing to have, especially an iPad, uh, you know, it, it's just expensive. I don't see the need for it. And the fact that most times you have, you can have it, you can add your data cap to that, but you can't really use a lot of streaming without using up a lot of data. So it really kind of hinders the whole ability to have this kind of technology with you. I mean, if you've downloaded stuff and you can watch movies, you've downloaded fine. But if you want to use the streaming content for, I don't know, Pandora or Netflix or anything like that, uh, HBO On Demand, not good unless you're in a Wi-Fi source. So, I don't know. I'm still not one of those guys that needs one. My I have a Galaxy S3. Small, but it's big enough. I don't need it any bigger because then I have a laptop. So, that's my take on it. And that's the news for this week. Uh, new releases... So some of the highlights of the coming week in theaters coming out this Friday, we have Man with the Iron Fist, Flight, Wreck-It Ralph. Um, in, uh, and to be honest, Flight's the only film I'm sort of kind of into. Um, I kind of like that idea. Man with the Iron Fist, that's, I mean, that kind of, you know, Arz, Raz, Raza, whatever his name is, with Russell Crowe and Lucy Liu and all that. Just seems kind of cool to watch, but I have to be in a mood to watch that. Record Ralph, I'm not even bothering with. Um, in DVD releases, uh, very, very light, practically nothing. But the only highlights I could come up with was All in the Family, the complete series, and the BBC show Cooper, season one. Uh, in comics, final issues of Thor, X Men Legacy, and New Mutants, Hit Girl number four, and annuals for DC. Um, you got annuals for uh, action comics, Batgirl, Justice League Dark, and Swamp Thing. In uh, video games, kind of a quiet week. Uh, you have 007 Legends for the PC, DLC for Sleeping Dogs and Max Payne, Rockstar Games Collection Edition 1, L.A. Noir, GTA, um, Red Dead Redemption, and I can't remember what the fourth one is. So, not a bad setup. If you haven't played those games at all, it's a good time to get it. Get into Rockstar and figure out what the hell you've been sitting on. And, of course, Assassin's Creed 3. Uh, Netflix streaming. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. The Artist. Paranormal Activity 3. If you haven't, if you feel the need for something kind of scary. And William Shatner's Get a Life. Um, if you want to see the complete list of new releases, check out the website, thelazygeeks.com, every Sunday for movies, DVDs, video games, Netflix streaming, and comics. Um, so really quickly, I kind of wanted to touch base on this particular thing because some people have been kind of getting a little, a little bitter uh, with it, but at the same time, I think 
Apple people have kind of gotten a little pampered. And I know it always seems like I'm bashing on Apple people, but there are, one, they're a flock that deserves it. I mean, <laughs> but here's the thing. Uh, when they announced the iPad mini, the big surprise of that whole thing, you know, the new iMac and all that stuff, was the release of the fourth generation iPad. Now, in my article that I posted on lazygeeks.com, I kind of segue is they did manage to surprise some of their fan base by revealing a newer version of something that they released six months ago. But we'll get into that in a minute. And so six months ago, Apple announced and released their new iPad and everyone needed to have one. Even even I did a post in which it discussed that it, uh, if it was worth getting. So I was a bit surprised when they announced their fourth generation iPad nearly six months after the dominating sales of their previous version. This is a surprise since Apple used to have the tact of waiting a year before offering an upgrade from an optional from an original device. The fourth generation iPad comes with the new A6X processor, which doubles the CPU and graphics power of the um, A5X chip used in the last iPad. You get about 10 hours battery life, FaceTime HD, and expanded LTE support, and it even comes with the lightning dock connector. Some have stated that they have been noticing a lower profile of the device millions of people purchased six months ago. This will provoke some anger amongst Apple Elite in not giving the device the year that they have grown accustomed to before they find out their device is obsolete. Is this a shift in Apple's production launch? Will we see a new iPhone in March or even a new iPad six months after that? To me, it seems more of a iPhone 4S move than a new model. Um, as the main difference between the iPhone 4 and the 4S was Siri and some performance fix fixes, this could be the same with the iPad. Instead of waiting 18 months to release a fully realized product, they decided to release something that isn't too bad. The sad part is the anger will be short-lived, because as we've seen with Apple cultists in their, um, that their money doesn't mean much to them. Yeah, Android with, um, deals with, the, with this issue all the time, but the fact is everyone knows that it, so everyone knows this, so it doesn't bother them to pass up one and wait for the next model, especially when you're dealing with multiple manufacturers as opposed to one. So I know more of the Apple people are a little upset with the fact that instead of waiting a year, six months later, they release a new iPad. Uh, most people that are telling them to shut up are people that have dealt with, you know, uh, and the Android market or any of the other non-Apple products. There's always a new product coming out every few months. Before the um, Galaxy S3, there was the um, Droid Razor. Droid Razor got great battery life, bigger screen. Then the S3 came out, and that's kind of been the phone of the day. Um, now we've got the Nexus, the Google Nexus. So there's always new phones out there. But the cool thing about Android is that we have a choice. Like, I'm happy. Like, I when I first got my, my last phone was uh, incredible. I love the phone. As the end, it started to get glitchy, needed to upgrade to a new phone. I love my S3. Does it bother me that next year there'll probably be an S4? No, not really. But it makes, it makes my brother happy, who has an iPhone 4S, who now, when his contract's up, may have the possibility of getting the 4S uh, or the S4. 
Apple people need to kind of understand that this is the way technology goes. They don't they gave you the luxury of waiting a year before the new model comes out. Now, keep in mind that a year is a long time to wait in the tech community. When you have a phone that comes out and then you wait a year for the next phone, that company has nothing in between. So what they have to do is kind of piecemeal and we've seen it before where they're piecemealing different iPhones together to kind of stretch it and make it seem oh yeah this one has right now their biggest thing is oh it's for uh, 4G that's cool let's get the 4G in there because before it was Siri they didn't have 3 or 4G at that they had 3G but they all they had was Siri and most people were kind of like Meh. but now of course you had the iPhone 5 which has LTE the new iPad HD which LTE LTE but now they release a new one which now has a faster processor which you're going to tell me didn't exist six months ago? You know, so I think iPad people, um, Apple people in general need to kind of understand that, you know what? This is something that's going to happen. You're going to kind of have to get used to it. Uh, Android people get it all the time, but we also have Motorola. We have Samsung. We have LG. We have uh, Motorola. Uh, I may have said Motorola. We have Google. We have so many Pantech for all crying out loud you know we have so many different varieties of manufacturers and there is brand loyalty and so it's that kind of thing so android people i think have it a little easier because of the fact that we're talking about operating systems uh but we have the ability to say well i don't like the s it's too big i'm gonna go with the LG, little smaller, like that phone. Oh, but I like the, I like the new uh, Droid phone. Okay, that one's a little bigger, but the battery life is better. We have a little more options. With Apple, you only stuck with the same damn phone. So, my thing is, is that Apple. Don't be surprised that if the iPhone doesn't strictly become their only phone anymore, Apple's eventually going to realize that 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 particular phone is only going to have a certain amount of shelf life. Eventually, people that left Android to try Apple will probably come back and go, you know what? And I've had Apple people tell me, I've been looking at that SX. That thing is sexy. I like that phone. And are considering jumping ship. Apple is going to have to do something, not just make the screen bigger, not just make it a new lightning connector, you know, make it difficult that everybody has to buy new shit just to get it to work. That's going to be part of the problem that you're going to get with um, uh, with Apple customers. And I know for some reason, Apple people tend to really, really be loyal. But at the same time, I'm not that big of a fan. I've tried it. And I'm, it's more frustrating, more annoying. I have a lot more freedom with an Android phone. I can set it anywhere I want. I don't have to, you know, have it connected to the cloud. I don't have to have it synced with iTunes. I don't have to do any of that. It's singular and stands alone, and I'm happy with it. I have an iPod, and to me, the classic iPod is the way to go. Uh, so, you know, for me, I think anybody who's bitching and moaning about Apple bringing out the new iPad you kind of need to shut up and deal with it because if you've already spent money for it, chill out. You don't have to have the latest and greatest. You can sit on it for two years or however long you want to. And then later on, okay, you know what? I'll get, a, I'll, I'll get an upgrade. 
Because you know what? To be honest with you, most of the upgrades that Apple gives you aren't big. If you have a first version iPad, okay, I can see it. You'd want to get the next one. Makes sense. But don't sit there and jerk off every time you have to have the new iPad or new iPhone or whatever. It just It's just silly to me. It really is. So um, let me know your comments about that. I want to know what you guys think. So go ahead and um, comment on this podcast or uh, go to the website, thelazygeeks.com, and uh, leave us comments on there or even tweet and let us know. Uh, put a uh, Be sure to at uh, thelazygeeks, one word, and uh, let us know what you think on that. So moving on off of that topic, I think this is a great segue into the Lazy Geeks, a douchebag of the week. So this week's douchebag is kind of a recurring douchebag known as Chevy Chase. Um, it seems to be a season of our discontent. More and more, we're hearing stories of ungrateful actors being involved in projects that are one, giving them work and two, making them some money. While Hugo Weaving and Natalie Portman seem to be taking up some of the spotlight, someone that should keep his mouth shut is Chevy Chase. While his last verbal outburst managed to get Dan Harmon fired from his own series, the lackluster Chase has taken to another tirade, which happened to involve the N-word. Before you start jumping the gun, he wasn't, it wasn't directed at any of his cast members. It was involved in talking to the direction of his character. The guy hasn't been funny since National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, is tired and being uh, being a racist buffoon um, launched into it. Let me try that again. Uh, The guy that hasn't been funny since National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation is tired of being the racist buffoon launched into a tirade on set where, according to Deadline, he is growing frustrated with the way things are going for Pierce and that his character at some point will call Shirley or Troy the N-word. Uh, the cast was upset by the outburst and he later apologized, but his onset outburst is still causing some to wonder why is this guy still on the show? According to an interview with the Huffington Post UK, Chase was quoted as saying in regards to signing onto the show, quote, it was a big mistake. I just sort of hung around because I have $3 and a wife and figured out I might as well make some bread every week so I can take care of them in the way they want, end quote. There is more though. Quote, the hours are hideous and it's still a sitcom on television, which is the lowest form of television. End quote. This is coming from a guy who got his start on a television show. Yes, he may have left after one season on Saturday Night Live, but his career wasn't as illustrious as his nemesis, Bill Murray. In all honesty, he should be happy that he has the gig and play nice to be a, the true professional. He seem, simply is striking me as someone that, quote, was famous once, end quote, but hates that his choices have led him here. His only reason for sticking around the show, he says, quote, I stuck around because I love these kids, the cast. They're very, they are very good. Quote, yeah, they are. They are very good. But Chevy isn't. So, to balance our douchebag of the week, we have our Lazy Geeks epic person of the week. And this week, it's not so much of a person as more of a company a publisher let's say uh for the last few months it seemed like there was no break for the playstation 3 gamer that wanted special content that didn't involve anything to wait 30 days because microsoft's exclusivity or until someone figures out how to make the dlc work for the on the ps3 for skyrim 
But it seems that Ubisoft has heard our nightly tears. Assassin's Creed scriptwriter announced on the PlayStation blog that there will be a PS3 exclusive mission when the game is released. While some previously announced DLC contain content seems to be de- seems to deviate from the original storyline, it seems that they will get back to basics with Benedict Arnold and his tre- treasonous actions during the war. The four-mission story has General George Washington request help from Connor to expose Arnold's treason. During the course of the mission, players will take down loyalist spies as well as going um, going behind enemy lines and will culminate in historical assault on West Point. Turner states that the characters in the mission will have lines that were actually spoken by major players in the events regarding West Point. While the game may at some points deviate from the actual events during the late 1700s, the rest is as authentic as possible. Quote, who was there, what they did, and what happened to them is as precise as history books will allow, he said. Now, there isn't any word on whether this mission will eventually be made available to Xbox, PC, or Wii U players after the 30 days, but I can't imagine that it wouldn't. However, I do see Sony offering their Plus members a two-week advance on playing the game while everyone else has to wait. I guess we'll have to wait and see, or wait for the Game of the Year edition, which you all know is coming. So, for me, there's been a like a lot of Sony stuff. It's kind of been sad to be a Sony gamer lately like everything is coming out through xbox you got all the exclusivity and it's just kind of been a little bit of a bummer to be a sony person especially with the whole failure uh, that skyrim is on on the ps3 now with that being said i like the fact that there is something for sony players xbox just seems to be kind of uh, ranking it up taking up all the all the spots that they can so i'm very very intrigued and now i'm definitely know that i want to get it for the sony playstation because i like that whole i'm a history buff so i love that whole benedict arnold west point aspect of it so really really can't wait to try that so uh so yeah let us know what you think about that stuff so really quickly we're gonna go to the site comments any awesome and cool comments by readers made on the site so have uh three good ones mizzy q in regards to my story about the Sentinels appearing in the X-Men movie, quote, I'm looking forward to the movie, but I really can't stand all of the movies centered on Wolverine and skip all the other characters, except maybe Rogue, but only because of Wolverine, end quote. I totally agree. I think in the X-Men movies, we, while Wolverine is a popular character in the universe, I think they really kind of shortchanged Scott as well. Um, as well. And um, I, I, I think recasting Halle Berry as uh, recasting Storm I think would be good uh, but I, I think really we want to kind of play up into more of the other characters why it's X-Men Wolverine has his own movie he can kind of be the, the sole focus of the Wolverine movies but with the X-Men movie let's focus in on the X-Men so that should be cool and with First Class we got that and it, and it was interesting so you can make an X-Men movie without Wolver- without Wolverine. So Fox, let's let's keep it going. Uh Kara on Sci-Fi's Being Human gets a new release date, which is January of 2013. Her comment was too long, but some cool guest stars. Um I agree. It seems to have been a long while since that show ended, I think during summer. So it's like 6 months and then you get a whole new you get another series. Um but you know what? That's the life on cable uh cable networks i mean 
remember Battlestar Galactica, you know, having to wait sometimes a year or two years before you got a new season of BSG. That that got tiring. <laughs> so, well, you know, at least you guys have a date. So at least you can kind of look forward to something and be able to go, yes, it's coming. It's coming. Uh, like all of us have been waiting for The Hobbit. And finally, we know it's coming next month. We can't wait. And uh, the Bad Gamer Girl on the Star Wars themed Angry Birds. Yes, if you haven't heard that one. <laughs> yeah, Angry Bird, new Angry Birds game, Star Wars themed. Enough said right there, right? Uh, her quote is, her comment is, Angry Birds is the devil. Cannot stop playing on my iPhone. I think at one level, I sold my soul. Very, very true. I sold mine, I know, like in the first incarnation of the game. Um, that's why I've been afraid to play the other versions because I don't know what else I can sell, what else I can give up. So we'll, you know, but uh, still not a whole lot of information on that, but uh, definitely be uh, interested in seeing how that game plays when it comes out. And um, I'm sure uh, the Bad Gamer Girl will be checking that out too when it comes out. So before we head out, we want to remind you that if you want to read more about these stories we talked about, you can check them all out on the website, thelazygeeks.com. Be sure to like us on Facebook and add us to your circle on Google+. Follow us on Twitter at thelazygeeks, one word. You can even email us at thelazygeeks at gmail.com. Uh, the Lazy Geeks theme is provided by the talented Kevin McLeod. And also, too, alter just remember, alternating weeks now, when we at the end of this podcast, we will be back two weeks for, with the new Lazy Geeks podcast. So every intervening week will be our other program, Crash Test Movie Dummies. So uh, you'll get used to that. And, I, and to be honest, every two weeks seems pretty cool. You know, sometimes there's slow news weeks. And I'll be honest, you'll see some of the fluff on the site. And you go, wow, they really had nothing to talk about. And we'll say, yeah, we didn't. Uh, so. It's about time for us to check out, so please be sure to comment on this or any podcast, either on iTunes or the website, thelazygeeks.com. Tell us the good, the bad, and the sexy. And be sure to leave a comment, because if you do, we just may read it on the podcast. Remember, we're thinking so you don't have to. So until next time, a peace out. Peace out.